Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us Weekly Standard is Michael Warren. And there was a tempest in a teapot, or was it a, re- a, a kerfuffle in an oven? I mean, how big was this ethics committee reform, burn down, not burn down story what, that we just went through? What, whatever the most explosive kitchen-related metaphor it is, <laughs> uh, that's, that's so what it is. So you think we've reached crockpot stage? Oh, definitely. Okay. A pressure cooker, really. Well, okay, now let's not go that far. That's a <laughs> little too far. So- what was the problem that Republicans were trying to solve, and what and what was their method? To- so so uh, maybe we should back up just a, a tad and explain what exactly it was, exactly. Michael. The uh, the House Republican Conference, which is basically every Republican in the House, had a meeting on Monday night, in which they were closed doors, no records of who voted for what, but there were reporters outside who were able to quickly ascertain what was going on. And what was being discussed was a, a an amendment, in addition to what's called the House Rules Package, which essentially every two years the new House of Representatives has to agree on a set of rules for how conduct will go, how, th- right. how bills will pass and all that sort of sure. thing. And it's a pretty routine thing. And Congressman uh, Goodlatte, Bob Goodlatte of uh, Virginia, uh, added an amendment that would reform, change curb the powers, completely destroy, depending (laughs) on who you're listening to, the powers of this independent ethics office within the House of Representatives that essentially was created in the when the Democrats took over Congress in 2006 to sort of police ethics within among the House members. This was an amendment to to kind of fix that because there were a lot of problems with this office and a lot of members in both parties wanted to get rid of it. The leadership within the Republican conference, Paul Ryan and Kevin McCarthy, the House Majority Leader, strongly urged them not to do this, mostly, I gather, on political grounds, on optics grounds, because what was the first thing that Republicans were going to do is they were going to gut this ethics office as soon as they have full and complete power. And so they they were urged not to do that. But the Republican conference didn't listen to leadership and voted for it. So not getting too much in the weeds here, what they essentially voted for on Monday night was they agreed that the rules package that Republicans would put forward and eventually vote for on the House floor in the full House would have this amendment that would that would sort of curb this office. And of course, when you say drain the swamp to politicians, they mean get rid of the people who chase you down for ethics problems. <laughs> right. that's, that's their vision. But that's the, I mean, obviously I'm making a joke, but that's the optics problem that the Republicans right. faced was dealing with this. But my understanding is that there were serious problems with the way this allegedly independent office behaved. Right. There were. And, and again, uh, members from both parties were were upset about this, and and if Paul Ryan, I'm sure, was not the only leader to be hearing this from his members, I, I guarantee you, Nancy Pelosi was hearing this from members of her conference. It was an office that often leaked to the press. the The sort of structure of the office allowed for outside entities and and people to make ethics complaints. So some partisan group, you know, move on dot whatever could right. say, I think Congressman Conservative's a bad guy and I saw him not pay his check at the Waffle House last Thursday. That that's absolutely right. And it's actually became a tactic. Many members of Congress were having to face these kind of scurrilous charges and having to pay money to in order to combat those charges and will eventually be turned out to be, you know, not founded. And so this was a big problem that all these members were complaining about. And I think there's a, there is truth to that. This is not simply the swamp uh, defending itself here and, and sort of and all that. But 
as we said, the optics of it weren't exactly ideal. But there's also another problem, which is that people look back at congressional behavior in the past for the people who reach way back. I happened to work as a young politico on the campaign that got Dan Rostenkowski out of ah, the House. Rossi. Thanks to 18, I think it was, indictments because of the right. post office and the base, you know, Congress lending itself money and all this stuff. It's kind of quaint you, in, in it, these it terms. Is, exactly. that, that, that but how do you, if, if, on the one hand, the argument is, well, all you need is self-policing. We'll have a committee of members and the members will police the members. And you say that, people go, oh, that's not going to work. But then you say, okay, we're going to have a completely outside group. But that outside group is open, as you just pointed out, to outside pressures. Right. And they can become partisan in both directions. So don't like that. Does... Is, is there a solution? Was was there a proposal in this rules deal? Was, was was there something put forward to fix it, or was it just we know we don't like what we have right now? Let's get rid of it. It was a reform. It was it was sort of again curbing that office. It wasn't it wasn't shutting un, it down. It wasn't undoing the office entirely, but it was limiting that office's power from what it wasn't. Look, I don't know what the right solution is. This is sort of one of these in the weeds issues where mm-hmm. there, I'm sure there are a lot of smart people on, on both sides of the aisle and nonpartisan and all that who have the best ideas, but it's a kind of a difficult waters to to uh, navigate. What the Republicans ought to have done and would have been smart for them to do was to get a, a few Democrats on board with some kind of proposal. I, I know there was a push, I think, uh, a couple months ago, actually, to have a member of the Democratic conference join in on this, which would have been really smart politics, would have been much harder to say for uh, Nancy Pelosi couldn't have spoken out about it for it. Look, Nancy Pelosi came out with some uh, some statement about how this was clearly a Republican conference doesn't care one whit about ethics. Well, you know, secretly she's going, that'd be really nice to get rid of this. <laughs> so uh, it was a really kind of dumb politics. And, and as it turns out, the I guess the Republican conference now on Tuesday has decided Let's take that amendment out of that final rules package before we vote. Okay, so you've mentioned Nancy Pelosi, Paul Ryan, but you haven't mentioned the one name that matters in Washington, D.C. in 2017, Donald Trump. Who? And he used that uh, high point of Democratic communication, Twitter, (laughs) to speak out about this. What did Donald Trump have to say? And do you think that Trump's... Trump had an impact on the decision to remove this from the rules package. Right, so, so Trump, I guess, he over two tweets, basically made the argument that Eh, this isn't that great optics here. Why? Why isn't the Republican Congress concerned about health care and tax reform? Those should be their their top priorities. I'm I'm paraphrasing, and that had I think an impact. It was a part and parcel part of the entire media narrative from Monday night, which was essentially the Republicans are shooting themselves in the, in both feet and their their <laughs> own arms and all these sort of things. So there was this big media narrative that. I actually think Trump kind of came in late on. He may have been what uh, the straw that broke the camel's back and sort of pushed Republicans to to rethink their votes from last night's meeting, Monday night's meeting. But he, I think he was in, in in many ways was picking up on what the media narrative was, which was this did not look good for Republicans. And, 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 and that had some influence, but not entirely. I, I think it's safe to say this was not a smart political move, this ethics proposal. But there's also a scenario you can see in the future Michael Warren, where Republicans need to do something tough that's going to be unpopular in the short term, but that they believe will be a win, some policy change, something that'll be easy to demagogue, whatever, you know, tax cuts for the rich or you hate sick people. or Is Donald Trump going to be the kind of partner from the White House who will get the GOP's back when they make these tough decisions? Or is he going to be the guy after 24 hours of bad media going, don't kill grandma with your social security <laughs> reform. Yeah, that's a good question. And and honestly, even after this sort of this debacle and, and Trump's role in sort of diffusing it, 
I think it's a little unclear. He didn't go what I thought he I thought he might. Once I knew he would tweet about it this morning, I thought <laughs> he could totally burn this all down right. and, and really go after the, the Congress in a way that that totally distanced himself from it. And it would actually have been probably even better politics for him to do that. But he didn't. He was a little he, he was nice. You know, he he could be nice if he wants to. Yeah, exactly. And so that makes me wonder, maybe on the things that he cares about, if, if there is a real push back from congressional Republicans on, say, something like trade right. uh, or immigration, don't think so on immigration, possibly on trade, you could see him really sort of use the bully pulpit on Twitter or elsewhere to push back and really burn things down in, in order to sort of stay in that middle. Mm-hmm. On the things he doesn't care about so much, maybe he sees like a distraction like this ethics panel sort of thing. I think you're going to see something more like what we saw on Tuesday. Right. And the last thing I'll be looking for is when the Republicans are fighting for something that he wants and they're getting beaten up, will he use his air power to help them out? Because if he won't, that's truly a lost opportunity. Right. And that's why we'll be watching your reporting at the Weekly Standard, Michael Warren. Thanks so much for joining us for the Weekly Standard Podcast. Thanks, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. Better still, subscribe to the podcast. It's free at iTunes.com. Please give us a five-star rating. Well, first of all, because Michael Warren deserves it, but secondly, because it lets other people know, hey, you found a podcast you enjoy. Maybe I should check it out, too. That's the Weekly Standard at iTunes.com.